Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. It's uh, 4th of July weekend. I hope you all had a great socially distant weekend. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Uh, we're coming to you live from, it's, I would say, probably 78 degrees in here. Mm, yeah, something like it's crazy that. because the a- AC's been on since, I don't even know, probably like 11 a.m. This morning, yeah. Yeah. What's happening? It's very warm out. Super warm. And the air quality is terrible because people were setting up fireworks last night. So many fireworks going off in our neck of the woods, probably in yours as well. Uh, there's a great uh, time-lapse video of it in, in, um, on Reddit if you want to go take a look at what actually was happening in Los Angeles last night. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, luckily, Dog does not care. Henry does not care. I feel very lucky that Dog does not care. Yeah. I don't know what dogs do when that happens. I mean, I guess he they get very been. scared and start shaking and. Yeah, I would describe Bo as uh, giving an anti shit. Like it's like 
I took a picture of him last night during like the height of the fireworks. Yeah. What was he doing? He Just was sleeping? Sleeping on the couch, like sprawled out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, okay. Uh, and then he was outside for a while. You said just like yeah, he was sitting literally just sitting, laying on the grass, like looking up, <laughs> just like la di da. He's so weird. Uh, very. But weird. if a firework were to knock on the door, yes, if it were to uh, politely knock, yep, or 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 ring the bell, he would uh, not care for it. No. So our dog does not. He likes um, unannounced things doesn't care for things that announce themselves no he doesn't he is fine with anything that's like out just like feels like i think he knows it feels far away it's not an immediate threat to him uh anything that he perceives as an immediate threat he freaks out about yeah like leaves blowing in in the street right when it's windy yeah because they're like right in front of his face yeah um but if he heard like a tree rustling like down the street, he wouldn't care. Uh, Henry last yesterday afternoon when I was watching him, he was uh, standing in the doorway here pointing up at the, uh, there was a squirrel on the power lines just hanging out and he just kept going, bah. Well, that's bah. what he did at the and park. And was looking at it. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. I was at the park with him yesterday and he, started chasing after a squirrel yelling bah bah <laughs> and i was like i know it looks like a dog it looks like Bo. it has a tail and it's furry and it has four legs but it's not a dog uh yeah let's see what's going on over here yep that's about it <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, it's playing been a lot a low, of Animal Crossing. Low-key week. I, uh, I've been intermittent fasting since... When? Sunday? Yeah. Yes, I think so. It's all blur. Yeah, uh, and that's been going well. Um, feeling good. Drinking a lot of water. So much more water than I used to. Uh... Wearing a lot of baggy shorts, using a lot of standing at the desk happening, some ball cooling here and there. I'm uh, trying to do what I can mm-hmm. in my neck of the woods, in my nether regions of the woods. <laughs> um, so that's 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 the update on uh, IVF front. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it's been a pretty, it was a busy week, weirdly. It felt very busy to me. Yeah. I was doing a lot of different things, dealing with some work stuff, dealing with some some podcast stuff. I had to cram, we had to, oh, I know I felt busy. We can't, we did two Patreons last week. Mm-hmm. Andy and I recorded twice last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was throwing those podcasts together. Um, yeah, Dory's been doing a lot of Animal Crossing, building up the island of Bolandia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this morning she uh, built uh, something, crafted some seashell, a seashell wreath. Oh, yeah, I crafted a shell wreath. Um, I also crafted a peach wall and a peach dress. Uh, I also did like 
you know, a, a mad overturning of everything look for a the a controller for a Switch that I had had uh so dory could use it on the television she finally switched over to using it on the tv last week when i dug for parts and she was like you don't have to keep i was like i'm gonna do this she's like it's a big hassle i was like what do you think it's gonna be you have to plug it into the back of the television i gotta move everything of course it's gonna be a little bit of a hassle got it done you did and, and I would it's say it's very cool to play on the tv i would say that your experience is uh slightly more enjoyable even I would agree. So I'm glad that that worked out. I'm it's glad. It's also that, nice to not have to like hunch over a. Yeah, help your it'll help your neck. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not squeezing your eyes at things. Right. You're not reading tiny tiny text. Correct. So I think that's good. I agree. If I can find my other dock, which I think is somewhere around here, you can do it. I have to put it in the bedroom too. Whoa. Yeah. Dory's a real gamer, guys. I'm a gamer now. She really is a is a Animal Crossing fiend. <laughs> She organized a little Animal Crossing party last night for the Forever 35 listeners. Hopefully, if, if there's any interest, maybe, uh, you can tweet us at uh, ExcellentPod or uh, just tweet at Dory. Say you're an excellent listener and you'd like an excellent party on the island and maybe maybe she'll have one. Yeah. Bring her some gifts. There's a... Um, Bring her some ore. <laughs> there's a Forever 35 Animal Crossing Facebook group. Oh, wow. So I just posted in there that I was like, hey, I'm opening up Bolandia for a little bit tonight. Oh, that's good. Come on by. It's fun. You know, you get to meet everybody in in virtual uh, weird text. One of the listeners um, was dressed like Carol Baskin from... Yes, from Tiger Tiger King. King. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty great costume. (laughs) She brought me... She's cool. I've been to her island. Nice. Um, She brought me a hot dog costume. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. You should wear that at your campground. Yeah, I think I will. Okay. But then I don't want anyone to throw me on the barbecue. No, they won't. But if you're serving, oh, that's it'll true. Be like a nice theme, thematic that's true. thing. Dory still needs to improve the island to get some some K-pop stars to dance. I there. do. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm really working on it. If you don't know what Animal Crossing is, <laughs> join the club. It's a video game on the Nintendo Switch where you virtually build your own little island and you know live off the land and the kindness of others yeah you know what i like about it too is it happens in real time and like it's very slow well i mean that's sort of the joy that i got out of red dead redemption Mm -hmm. you know like the literal like i was like i need a better satchel i had to go hunt Mm -hmm. like you know for the pelts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i had to make sure i was using the right ammunition Mm-hmm. And I was doing, you know, getting a good, uh, perfect quality pelt. Otherwise, I couldn't do anything. If they had a good quality pelt, I'd probably just go sell it to the butcher in town. Otherwise, right? You know, so it was a lot of like, and then I had to like make, you know, it was cool, like because you'd run out of uh, in the open world of Red Dead, like you'd, you'd make these uh, improved arrows. You could take down like bears with the arrows, but you need eagle feathers. So like you're out there in the wilderness, far away from your campsite, and you're like, oh, I'm out of improved arrows. You look around and try to find an eagle and kill, get the eagle, get the feathers, make the arrow. I mean, not the, not, it doesn't have to be an eagle, a flight feather, so a duck, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, ducks are good because you get animal fat and duck meat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the flight feathers. And then with the animal fat, you can craft explosive ammo if you want. Oh. Yeah, if you need a shotgun <laughs> shell that'll uh, ignite. It's pretty so cool. So Animal Crossing is similar, except you don't kill anything. Except you do, I guess you do fish. 
and yeah. grab sea creatures. I was fish. I fish all the time in Red Dead. Well, there are know. legendary fish throughout the map that you have to catch, but you need a special lure. Oh, maybe you would enjoy Animal Crossing. I might. I might. And you know, just like I loved it, like just setting up camp far away. Yeah. Uh, um, and you just you know sometimes I've gone from my my campsite with my gang for so long that someone will come looking for me. Oh no! Yeah, because sometimes I'll be like out, literally in out in the wilderness for like thirty game days. <laughs> Whoa, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I miss it. You should play it. I don't. I mean, I'm, I look. What am I going to do? Play it for the ninetieth time? Probably. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm. I'm enjoying it. It's very. It's very much my speed. I like that there's no, like, hunting or killing involved. It's not violent. It's a very, like, sweet game. And sort of the premise of it is, like, yeah, you just want to, like, be a kind person and be helpful and be generous. Well, that's the thing, too, with Red Dead, right? You can you can choose to play through it honorably or dishonorably. Mm. And if you hunt and you don't take any pelts or meat from the animals, that's dishonorable. Mm-hmm. So you, you get dinged on honor. Yep. But I'm always using everything I can. Good. From the land. Good. So very similar games. Yep. <laughs> could, do, do you get? Can you get tuberculosis in your game? No. No. Oh. You 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 can get stung by wasps. Oh no. Yeah. So you, you think anybody's like a beekeeper on, on the game? There's no beekeepers, but there are honeybees that you have to catch to bring to Blathers. He runs the museum. Sure. Blathers, you saw him. Yeah, Blathers doesn't want your fossils. He's no, tired because of it. well. Because once you bring him a fossil, he doesn't want a second one. I see. I have, you know, in Red Dead, you can find dinosaur bones. Oh, yeah. Well, these are fossils. These and are dinosaur fossils. Them, you can send them off to the uh, to the local archaeologist lady. Well, next time you watch me play, I'll take you to the museum and you can see all the complete dinosaurs that I've assembled so far. You've assembled dinosaurs? Yep. Wow. I know. And it's crazy how they were all on my island. There's like 40... 30-something dinosaur bones or 18 dinosaur bones in Red Dead and you can't... It takes the entire length of the game to find them all. Wow. And then you send them to this lady and she has assembled what she thinks is a dinosaur and it's the stupidest looking creature ever. <laughs> um, we're probably boring people with our video game I think talk. we're not. This is our update. I mean, this is what's happening here. We're in a it's, a... it's a holiday week and, you know, it's just been a sort of relaxing week with uh, our baby and, and our nighttime games yeah well you've been playing poker i'm playing poker every night on the ipad with friends uh and studying poker here and there and it's been fun well tonight i have my one of my mahjong games that's right dory plays mahjong on the uh, on zoom with her a couple of her compadres um real your real game attitude here you yep. played in a poker tournament this week also Oh, I mean, I wouldn't really call it a poker tournament, but I did play some poker this week, yes. Yeah, were you five-handed, nine-handed? It was, at one point, I think there were eight people. Nice, almost a full table. But then a couple people had to leave. Sure, sure, sure. It was more, it was like a combination instructional and game thing. That's good. That's sort of how I run the weeks. Um, Do you have anything anything else to to update people on with your massive... uh, week of fun <laughs> um no i mean i think i think that's that's kind of it um just 
hunkering down over here. I posted a picture of Henry's 4th of July on my Instagram. Oh, you did? Yeah, him lounging on the couch. Oh. <laughs> Mesmerized by Grover and Dave Matthews. Um, he does love his Grover. Yeah. He also, we've had, you know, I have a old uh, Spanish Day at the Races poster, the Marx Brothers movie, in Henry's um, playroom. And it's right in front of his uh, Pickler triangle. So he can climb up and see the poster. And I showed him Groucho singing uh everyone says i love you today not today yesterday and uh he recognized them how could you tell uh when he as soon as he saw him he went ah <laughs> like oh that's the guy yeah, from yeah, the playroom yeah. <laughs> i mean it's a very like it's a very distinguishable sure face yes and you know with the sh- you know with the shoe polish mustache and yeah the glasses and the hair yeah so I thought that was very funny and Harpo too and and, and Chico. Um, so uh, that was that was another fun development of the week. And he's also did we talk about how he's been taking our wedding photo to eat with? No. <laughs> I don't think so. We have a photo from our wedding of us. I think we talked about the fact that he likes the yeah, photo. Yes, so we talked about the fact that he likes the photo of us and our and both our, of our both, both of our sets our parents. of parents uh, are in the photo. So it's us and the parents. And uh, and now he started taking it over to the table so he can look at it while he eats. Yes, uh, which is adorable and sad pandemic times when he can't actually go see them. Yeah. So at least he gets to eat with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, do you want to get the business out of the way? And yeah, then? let's do that. Sure. Um, just a reminder, we do have a Facebook group. It is still bumping. It's at facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. Um, we also have a Patreon, which is also still bumping at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. You can support us there and get up to two bonus episodes per month, which are freewheeling, I would say. Um, and there's also an extensive back catalog yeah. of if you run out if you run out of us, we're there. We're there. Um, you can email us at Dory and Matt at gmail.com or Matt and Dory at gmail.com and our phone number is four one three four six one baby. And we do always appreciate an Apple podcast rating or review if you are so inclined. Please do. Help other people find this like when they're like trying to figure out IVF. Just, you know, bump it, bump it. Yep. Give it a little bump by uh, reviewing it. All uh, right. We'll be right back. Uh, BRB. 
which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. Hi, everyone. Let's get uh, let's down, to, get down to beeswax. All right. Um, let me just pull up this... We gotta, I believe we're started kicking things off with a memo of the voice. We are. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. My name is Lauren, and I am writing in from Arizona. I had to pause the podcast and call in regarding the anonymous writer who was contemplating switching clinics. I completely agree with Dory on switching clinics and getting a second opinion and trying something different. It's advantageous when you've had as many transfers with normal embryos that have failed. I also wanted to say that she, the the writer, should seek out a Nancy's Nook-approved endometriosis specialist and have a laparoscopy procedure. When I, we have been doing IVF about as long as you guys have and have been through four different clinics and have transferred a total of nine embryos through multiple transfers. And all of them failed her with chemical pregnancies as well, and I sought out a specialist on my own. I've had completely normal periods and no symptoms. I had a um, hysteroscopy with no issues multiple times. All of my HSGs and all of the testing came back completely normal. We were male factor infertility only. However, when I went and saw the endometriosis specialist, he suggested, after so many failures that I have a lap, I went through the surgery, and he found stage four silent endometriosis everywhere. Uh, Basically, it was outside of my uterus, constricting my uterus, making it so even if the embryo implanted, which it did on at least two transfers, it never would have become a viable pregnancy because my uterus was so constricted from the endometriosis on the outside that I was not going to be able to conceive. Although we haven't 
done IVF again. My husband doesn't want to spend the money to do it again, and we have since adopted a beautiful baby boy through the Safe Haven program. He was dropped off at a firehouse when he was born, and we picked him up from the hospital at four days old. He's now two weeks older than Henry, so we're going through similar life developments, and it's nice to hear you guys Godspeed. going through same or similar things as we are at the same time. We're now contemplating doing some donor sperm IUIs. As my husband's count, like you guys have just mentioned about Matt, has gone down and gotten worse, and that would, since the endometriosis has now been excised, and I should be clear, give at least me the option to be pregnant and give our son a sibling. Uh, but I would highly suggest joining the Facebook group, Nancy's Nook, as they are a wealth of knowledge and information on endometriosis and finding excision experts that really are the best at what they do. There's a lot of doctors who believe ablation or other procedures do the same thing, and really you can take Lupron, and it doesn't necessarily do exactly what excising the endometriosis will accomplish in the long run. I have found that... There's a lot of people who say, well, endometriosis doesn't prevent pregnancy and you should just be able to get pregnant. And it helps endometriosis, et cetera. However, it really does depend on where the endometriosis is and how it is formed inside of your abdominal cavity. And you really don't know that from any other diagnostic test until they actually do a lap and open you up and take a look. So that would be my advice on that. Thank you for the podcast and continuing it, although I took a break when we were still going through failures and you switched to... Season two, I have mm-hmm. since caught back up and have enjoyed listening to the new and the updates and the, the parenting portion of things. So thank you again for everything. Uh, we are in 1,700 square feet outside of Phoenix, Arizona, with my husband, me, 16-month-old baby, a 120-pound all-white German Shepherd and Whoa. a very fat, lazy cat. 120 pound. That is white German Shepherd. A mighty Shepherd. Wow. Uh, lots of good advice in there. It's crazy that can be on the outside and constrict. Yeah. So I guess you don't see it from an ultrasound because you're going in. No, and she did the hysteroscopy, HSG. She did all the things. And she did nine transfers. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, I look, you went through a hell of a lot. I'm so glad that you have a, a, a bouncing a baby from a firehouse. I can't believe that still happens. Yeah. Thank uh, God it still is a thing, though. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for calling and sharing that. So if, if the anonymous writer is listening, there's some advice. Nancy's look. Yep. I've I've seen that um, I've seen it recommended in the Facebook group before. Uh, that oh, that particular group, yeah. So I think it's and a good, does it specialize in endometriosis? Yes, I and see. I think she has like some diet recommendations mm-hmm. from what I understand. I'm not in the group, um, but this is what I've I've gathered from seeing people recommend it. Okay, so. Um, thank you. That was a very helpful voicemail. You're here. I'm glad we said that. The, the, the hearing that also that makes me glad we did the season two switchover. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think a lot of people are have been in similar situations. Yeah. Where like 
it just got too difficult. Like if they were still going through, yeah. it, it was difficult. Yeah. And like if they did get pregnant, they went back and listened. Right, right, right. Um, so that's good. All right. We also heard last week from someone who was wrestling with the question of embryo storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was saying science or yes. adoption. And so we got a, a, a voicemail about this. All right, let's hear it. Hi, Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. This is Jen calling from Connecticut. I've spoken a couple times before. It gets a little shaky for a couple seconds, by the way. But to comment on the frozen embryo and what to do with it. Um, so we had, I can't recall the numbers off the top of my head, but a good number of frozen embryos. Um, we have five-year-old right now that's all we're having and crazy dogs but, um, yeah. we got the note in the mail saying you know you either have to pay for the storage or figure out what to do with them and when we started the IVF process they had told us or so I thought that we had options at the end we could either donate to research we could um, you know donate to another person couple what have you or we could discard them, and I said I would be more than willing to donate them to research, help other families, et cetera. So that was our ultimate goal, um, you know, as long as we had some healthy babies. So when we got the note in the mail saying, you know, what do you want to do with your frozen embryos, I said donate them to research. Their response was, there is no, there are no research opportunities right now that are looking for frozen embryos, so your only option is to pay or to discard them. And it was a difficult decision for sure. Um, We ended up discarding them, and it was, it was a tough decision, but um, we knew that our family was complete and we didn't want any other kids. Um, I'm going to be 42. I mean, I guess they're five, so I guess I was young-ish then. But um, I just wasn't comfortable donating them to another family, knowing that we'd have other kids out there. I mean, props to anybody who does that. I think it's amazing. Just not, you know, what we were looking to do. So um, just sharing my story, not giving, you know, advice or anything like that is a very personal decision. But I guess... My only thing would be, like, ask up front for sure, um, because I was under the impression that we could donate for research, and that was my way of helping and giving back. But unfortunately, wasn't able to do that. But here we are, happy with our crazy five-year-old boy-girl twins and our crazy six-and-a-half-year-old dog. Hmm. And that's it. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you. So I actually have some, some, first of all, thank you so much for calling in and for sharing how you guys came to your decision and what you guys ended up doing. Um, I think that when you froze the embryos, it was accurate that you could donate them to science. I think things have since changed. I read an article, I don't know, probably about a year ago saying that there were like essentially too many embryos and Mm. not enough research um and so the option of donating them to science i think has gotten more difficult right because it's a opportunities are fewer and farther yes yes so something to be aware of yeah for sure um i was gonna say something off of her 
Oh, she's talking about the six and a half year old dog and the five and a half year five year old twins. And I was like, you know, twice this week, Mister Bo, thinking he's still a puppy, has quickly gotten up mm. and and <laughs> and like I don't know, pulled a paw, and then was limping for like twenty minutes, and then was fine. Yeah, but I don't know if he's like dehydrated or something. But he drinks constantly. Anyway, just sharing, just sharing Bo's yeah. Bo's uh, attempts at uh, athleticism failing. Maybe we should put him on like glucosamine or something. We should, we should maybe. I don't know what that is. It's it's for like arthritis in dogs. Oh, you think he's arthritic? He could be. Hmm. My old dog Lee was on glucosamine, but she, I mean, she she also lived to like thirteen. Well, Bo could be forty, and we don't know. I know it's true. So, <laughs> um, all right, moving on. This is an email that we received. Hi, Dory and Matt. After listening to the last few episodes about trying for baby number two, I think Matt is hesitant because he may have some trauma from your previous IVF cycles. I do. Look at my bank account. (laughs) Dory, you were going through hell physically and mentally, and Matt may have felt helpless that he could not make you feel better or could not fix the issue. Trying for baby number two means you're going to put yourself through all this over again, through this all over again, and this may be bringing up unresolved trauma for Matt. No one ever wants to see those we love in pain. True. I also believe Matt's love language may be words of affirmation. Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll respond to this shortly. And Dory, when you are pessimistic about getting pregnant, Matt may feel at a loss because you are, because you are putting yourself through physical and emotional pain, and then you aren't even positive about it working, so he may think, why bother putting us through this if you don't think it'll work? I understand, Dory, that you are protecting yourself, and I think your love language may be acts of service. <laughs> but it's all about communication. <laughs> I think Matt is scared for you and doesn't want you to go through any more pain. Perhaps True. you both have some PTSD from your IVF past, and I think couples and individual counseling could help you both communicate your fears without judgment. Matt, I think you are being passive aggressive because you simply don't know how to express your concerns and fears to Dory. Perhaps you don't even realize you are scared. Thank you for being so open and honest. And then she has an unrelated PS on getting piercings for migraines. Mm-hmm. I got my death. Mm-hmm. and tragus pierced and my migraines have reduced significantly i used to get at least one i used to get one at least twice a month sometimes weekly now it's once a month at the most but they're usually six to eight weeks apart i find mine are hormonal and eating keto has also helped and that is from kate in queensland australia interesting uh so you go ahead tackle well, that however you'd like uh those are not our love languages. <laughs> according to Dory's hard science, those are not our love languages. Uh, according to the love languages quiz, <laughs> my love language is quality time. Yeah. And Matt's love language is acts of service. True. Yeah. I mean, it is an act of service, I suppose, to uh, to figure out how to pay for IVF every time. <laughs> Do you think words of affirmation is a love language of yours? What, 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 I don't even, what do you mean? You need to like tell me that I'm a, a yeah. good at something? Yeah. No. Although you do sometimes like. Well, it's not that I need to be told that I'm good at something, but I do, I do like to be noticed. Yeah. So <laughs> you do like words of affirmation. I like to be noticed, everyone. Yeah. I like to be seen. You like to be appreciated. Yes. For my acts of service. For your acts of service. I mean, yeah. it really all goes back to that. <laughs> Um, and as to the PTSD, I mean, yeah, I think we both do. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, we sure, 
Yeah, I mean, we yes, uh, it's. I mean, I remember all of it, and the stress of all of it, and the time crunch around appointments and getting back to work and. <sighs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's wild to think about doing it all over again for uh, another child. Henry's uh, like seven children in one. I think we're okay. <laughs> uh, he is a lot. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do one more and then we'll take another break? Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Let me find this is a voice memo. You know what? Let's just take a break. Okay. Oh wait, no, never oh, mind. Oh, Found it. Just kidding. We're still here. Sorry, everyone. Hey, Matt and Dory. My name is Daniela. I called in a few weeks ago regarding genetic testing. Uh, Today, I'm calling to comment on abstinence periods before producing a sperm sample, especially for retrievals. Let's hear it. I can't recall if Matt had a sperm DNA fragmentation test done, but if he did, and if the result was on the high end, perhaps more than 15 to 20%, research has shown that DNA fragmentation goes down with shorter periods of abstinence. One study I saw recommended um, a period of like one to two hours. When we did our most recent IVF cycle, we did 24 hours, uh, but less might be better. The count may go down, but the idea is that the DNA frag will be less because the sperm has spent less time getting damaged in the testicles. Hmm. The other thing that could help is varicocele surgery, which is what my partner had done. His DNA frag went from 47.5% to 32% post-surgery and down to 29% most recently after the 24-hour hold. Anything over 30% is considered very high. Even if you decide to forego the surgery, decreasing the abstinence period may help, especially with the Zymote chip. The other option to consider is a tease, testicular sperm extraction, where they take sperm right from the testicles. But that might be too invasive for your preferences. Yeah, whatever. Shove a needle. There's a really excellent subreddit called DNA Fragmentation that has lots of uh, helpful information on this topic. Okay, thanks for the show, guys. This is Daniela from Toronto, Ontario, living in 1,800 square feet with my partner, our IVF son, and a second IVF baby on the way. Uh, Congrats on baby Deuce. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the, the absence period was too long in this last round. And I also think I wasn't really taking care of myself at all. So, you know, I've been taking my care of myself a lot more in this period. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to retesting in um, a few weeks. And uh, stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> we'll call that episode Dumb and Less Dumb or Dumb and Even Dumberer. <laughs> um. I just want to note that there is a subreddit for everything. Truly. Truly. Yeah. It's a wonderful niche market yeah. all over. The, it's like podcasts. There's yeah. probably a DNA fragmentation podcast. Totally. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. BRB. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. What's clicking out there in, in, in email land? Um, all right. This is from Anonymous. Greetings, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. Long-time listener, first-time emailer here. My husband and I welcomed our first science baby in July 2019, so we are just a few months behind your timeline with Henry Earthside. I'm emailing regarding your conversations regarding family planning. We are in the midst of talking baby, too. We are super fortunate to have had a successful first retrieval and transfer with four embryos on ice. Nice. We are hopeful it's just a matter of timing and our own readiness, fingers crossed. In our case, our fertility issues involved my irregular cycles and my husband's bummer sperm. Fortunately, we were able to freeze time with ICSI about two years ago. My husband and my lifestyle habits seem to parallel yours in terms of active and sedentary choices. While I was hesitant to email because I don't want to instigate a fight, I was curious how you are doing with the complexities of each partner's role and choices in the process. I can definitely relate to Dory's focus on health in terms of regular exercise, self-care, yay, forever 35, and elimination of plastic. It seems that Matt is focusing on some positive lifestyle choices for the next month, which is great, albeit he should definitely quit smoking long term. My husband used to smoke when we first met, and we are both so grateful he quit long ago. I'm curious if any sort of resentment shows up in your relationship, and if so, how do you process that individually and together? (laughs) I recognize it's a big question and hope that your dialogue will be productive and connecting. I've loved listening to you both throughout the years and have been especially appreciative during the last year with our parallel parenting plights, COVID craziness, racial injustice dialogue and family planning chats. Thank you for your authenticity and vulnerability. And that is from anonymous in 2040 square feet in a four bedroom, three bath house in Seattle with two adults, one science baby and an overzealous territorial five pound teacup Yorkie. (laughs) Got to watch out for those small dogs. Oh, you're not reading the PSs. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't scroll down. Oh, sorry. P.S. Monopoly Deal is a stellar card game for couples who want a fun game that is engaging and actually ends during COVID times. <laughs> and P.S.S. We agree with staying home. Thank you. Uh, is there resentment? I mean, wait. So I guess really she's asking you if you resent me, which like, because why would I resent you for for your focus on health? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, first of all, so I, I'll right. answer that out of the way first. <laughs> um, In fact, I've helped Dory very much with her uh, home workout desires. Yeah, you have. From as far as like uh, moving things around and getting her things and stuff like that. So that, no resentment there. Does Dory resent me? No, I don't think she does, but I think that she sees that I resent myself. Yeah, I, the reason I don't resent Matt is because I think that his issues with his lifestyle choices are so much deeper than I could ever kind of <laughs> fathom that it's not like a matter of, of just saying to him, like, just eat better or just exercise. Right. Like you have some like deep psychological things going on that you haven't ever really wrestled with. Nope. And for that reason, I feel like I am, it's hard for me to like look i i appreciate when you do say things like uh like uh you gotta do you gotta yoga or something like just little little non uh, she's you know it's she never sounds like she's uh 
uh, needling me. It just sounds like, you know, I mean, in fairness, I have to be reminded of almost everything mm-hmm. in life at this point. I don't know why my brain's a mess, but uh, so I don't mind that. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's it's weird. I mean, when we met, I was a gym rat. I was there five, six days a week with a trainer. Yeah. Um, and then I got like depressed when I wasn't working in 2015. And I don't know that I ever fully shook that off. You know, been to therapy, been to a shrink. Uh, I've made some breakthroughs here and there. Uh, but I feel good regarding where I'm currently going with the intermittent fasting and the starting yoga again. So, and you know, in some ways, Dory's been an inspiration the way that she works out every day with her, with her, with her, you know, tiny weights and an iPad. Um, so yeah. And the quitting of the smoking, it's hard when you, I just don't, you don't want to tackle everything. I mean, it's like, I don't want to tackle everything at one time because I don't want to fail at everything. Right. So. One uh, thing that I have tried to like, one way that I try to encourage him is I think he has this mentality of like, like if you fuck up once, then it's like all over and you might as well just give up. I did. I mean, I was looking at, I was inspecting your rice you had last night and I was like thinking about eating some of it. And I was like, oh, I'm still fasting. Cause I had eaten at like 11 in the morning and I fucking got so consumed with Henry that yeah. like I look up and it's like five 30 and I haven't eaten. I'm like, Oh, windows closed. So, I went from like 11 a.m. till 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but there was like one morning this week where you got up with Henry and you were like really upset because you had eaten some stuff. Yeah. And I and, like, and I tried to be like, it's okay. Like you you can't, you don't have to like abandon the whole project. Right. And then it was like, you just stop at three. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And then I, I stopped at like two or something and it was right. fine. Just reset, sort of reset the week. And then like... The next day I wasn't up so early, so I kept my window at yeah, the normal time. Exactly. So it's... Uh, but that's what I... Like, and same with, like, exercising. Like, instead of being like, oh, my God, I missed a day. I might as well just give up the whole thing. It's like, no, just exercise today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, uh, the Apple... Putting the Apple Watch back on, which actually reminds me of checking that battery. I gotta plug this in right now. Um that's been helpful that's sort of like a little 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 uh kick in the kick in the wrist mm-hmm. um and the standing desk and having pulling the mat over and standing like you know i'm doing i would say probably like 70 percent of the day i'm standing here i'm not sitting yeah i mean even dory will come in most of the time and i don't i bet i bet the desk is up half the time she comes yeah. in yeah so a lot. uh it's been it's been some good changes around here but the, yeah uh, yeah i mean look the the smoking is the is the other thing that i have to deal with again <sighs> hi everyone thanks for thanks for thanks for tuning in <laughs> i think you're i think you're right to not tackle everything at once um yeah all right This is from Aaron. Mm -hmm. Hi, Matt and Dory. 
First, thank you so, so, so much for the podcast. I've been listening from the beginning, came over from Nerdist, and stayed for Excellent Adventure and Forever 35. And now I'm starting IVF myself. So starting the podcast over from the beginning for my second listen. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had an answer for the person that wrote in asking about chemical exposure for her husband that was in the military. I'm actually very curious about this myself because I believe I may have also been exposed to chemicals as a child. I grew up in a small town in Michigan that had a large chemical factory. In the 80s, there was a bad flood and rivers may have been contaminated when the area around the plant flooded. They also produced chemicals used in Agent Orange in my hometown. Scary. My parents often warned me against swimming in our local rivers, but I was a dumb teenager who didn't see what the big deal was. Yes, my (laughs) hometown is basically Springfield from The Simpsons. I recently had surgery to remove a uterine septum and they found a fibroid, several cysts, all non-cancerous, and a case of endometriosis so bad it had eroded my left fallopian tube. Wow. I can't help but wonder if my exposure to chemicals as a child played a part in this. I'd love to know if that could have been a factor in my fertility struggles. Also, Matt, I know you said Dory's very clumsy, but my husband broke a leg as a child when a piano fell on it. That's a tough one to beat. Well, that's just not, that's not clumsiness. That's just hilarious. Uh, Cartoon pianos falling on things? I mean, come on. I hope you are all staying well and safe during this time. Best of luck on your continued IVF journey and hugs to Henry and Bo. Sincerely, Aaron and 2,000 square feet with a 100-pound dog. We have a lot of big dogs yeah. today. Well, and a teacup Yorkie. Yeah. 20-pound cat. That's a big cat. Husband, stepson, and all their instruments. Nice. Um, That's, the, you know, the whole chemical. I think I watched a thing on that town in Michigan, the the chemical plant with the Agent Orange stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I did. I feel like I watched something on YouTube about it, like a 20-minute thing or something. Ooh, sounds horrible. It's wild. Oh, maybe that was about DDT. A lot of bad chemicals. Yeah, a lot of chemicals, guys. Chemicals are, you know, some are our friend, some are not our friend. <laughs> Uh, do you want to take this next one? Sure. It's from Kendall. Hey, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. been listening to the pod for about a year now. I never really thought about emailing because I'd never thought uh, we'd still be so lost after a whole year of infertility stuff. Typical, right? A little background. My husband and I are 27. He was diagnosed with severe lack of sperm last summer after we'd been trying for nine months. The count was supposedly in the low thousands. Well, hey, friend. Uh, according to the RE that called my husband, this came as a shock to us because we're both relieved but we were both relieved because it was, uh, hey, at least we have a diagnosis uh, and we can do IVF with ICSI someday, hopefully as a success. Fast forward to today, after about nine months of urologist prescribed Clomid and supplements, countless semen analysis that all kept finding zero sperm. The gamut of hormonal and dramatic tests, my husband just had a, a brutal micro procedure on Wednesday and nothing. Failed. Zero sperm. Currently on birth control, uh, and had the surgery been successful, I would have started injections for IVF in just a few weeks. They were so fucking close. Uh, it's just so frustrating because we never got any good sort of explanation for my husband. An otherwise healthy, athletic 27-year-old guy would have had zero sperm other than it's probably genetic and the science just isn't there yet. Also, no explanation for why the first RE told us his count was in the low thousands, when recently a urologist says, actually, it was only like a handful of sperm, according to the first report. And then now he has zero? Like, what? What the hell happened? Maybe I'm just looking for someone to blame and put all my anger on, but it just all seems fucked. Anyway, I know it's getting long. I'm starting to swear. <laughs> so it's frustrating and heartbreaking. It is. We'll persist and move forward with plan B, which is donor sperm. Also therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. So I guess my question is, what do we do next? Our 
clinic has mentioned both IUI and IVF, but not really given much direction yet. So I'm curious what the lovely eggheads think. If I'm 27 and have no known fertility issues, should we try the IUI? Yes. Uh, I just don't know how much more disappointment we can take. And the thought of potentially doing up to six months with two a week, uh, two week waits makes me want to cry. Not to mention we spent 11,000 already and are not any closer to being pregnant. So I'm not sure if I, the IUI gamble is worth taking or if it's wise to just take the aggressive approach from the get go. We have savings because IVF was the original plan, but it would be a huge positive uh, of this to not suck that account dry, you know? Yes. Any insights? For anyone else is appreciated as always. Happy belated Father's Day, Matt. Thank you. Much love. 1,700 square foot townhouse in Gilbert, Arizona. Two adults, two dogs, two cats, and lots of house plants. Uh, yeah, that's... It sounds like you got some faulty information. Well... I mean, when they look at sperm count, they look at the, like, they just essentially just put a drop on there and yeah. look at it through a plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you pick, a, you, pick, you, you pick a plate, you extrapolate from there. So if you get, like, a like an area of the sample that doesn't, because they're moving living right. things, then your count's going to be funky. So to extrapolate from the hundreds to a few thousand, I don't really think that that's a wild difference. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, and I can see how the second the current urologist with the foresight and, and and the knowledge of of what's actually happening now with multiple counts and stuff like that can be like, well, it's probably in the few hundreds. Right. So. That's what I'll say regarding that. Um, I would totally do IUI. For sure. I mean, especially if it, if it, you know, if you're truly or, or, or healthy in the reproductive parts yeah. and we've eliminated the uh, male factor. Yeah. It's a, it's a cheap enough gamble. It'll pay off in spades. There you go. There you go. Um, but also, anyone else who's had similar situations, please write in. All right. We've, we're moving on to the um, ornament. Oh, my God. There's so much. Section of the podcast. Okay. Um, it's from Lizzie. Lizzie. Hang on, Lizzie. I'm just going to just gonna put the AC on and deal. You're going to have to deal with a little bit of background noise for now because, quite frankly, it's hideously hot in here. It's very warm. <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry to hear about your ornaments. We also get one every year since we've been married, so I understand how sad this must be. Matt, I too have a Star Trek shuttle ornament that speaks. I've made my mom keep it for years, and I just got to take it home from her house. Unfortunately, I don't have two. <laughs> That's okay. Um, wait, what you don't need to give lost. me the second one. Oh, there we go. Um, I do, however, live in London, and it would be easy for me to pick up an ornament from here when the time comes. Let me know what it looked like and I'll keep an eye out. Maybe you could crowdsource some of your other replacements. <laughs> Always great to make new memories too. And that's from Lizzie. <clears throat> 1,900 square feet, semi-detached in West London with one husband, one three-year-old, and one brother on the way. Ooh, West <clears throat> London. Love it there. Uh, now, you know, it's interesting. I haven't done the deep dive yet of uh, going into like pictures of our Christmas tree to like sort of identify things. Mm-hmm. But I'm planning on doing that in the not too distant future. Dory found a menorah. That's an update for everybody. 
I did. Oh, yeah. Not a menorah ornament, but I found a box of some, like, random stuff. This and was probably the stuff that was in the hall closet. Yes, right? maybe. And there were a couple of menorahs in there. Good. So, we're not menorah-less. And one of, the one, one of the menorahs in that box was one that we got for our wedding. Good, good, good. So. That's at least, at least there's that. Yep. Um, all right. We have one last question for the Disney portion of the podcast. I didn't even know we were at the Disney portion. Here we are. Welcome to the Disney portion. What do you think of Disney opening in July? If they do, will you go to Disneyland in the future? Yes. How do you think things will change? What about your favorite restaurants? How will they change? Do you think Disney will do a good job of keeping people socially distant, masked and safe? We usually go every summer, but I don't think we will be going this year, even though we really want to. Though, if there were less people in the park, it could make it more pleasant. But I still don't see how it could be safe. Love the pod. Thank you for continuing after Henry. Best to all of you. From Jill in 1,100 square feet in Santa Barbara. With one husband, one high school senior, one college sophomore, two rescue cats that don't get along and have to be in different (laughs) parts of the house from each other, and three guinea pigs who live outside. Oh, wow. Uh, So, yeah, Look, I, I, let's just all call the summer a wash and not worry about it. Yeah, I think that's... Let's all just look forward to another time, you know? How do I feel? I mean, look, do I think... Yes, being outdoors and masks is safer. Do I think Disney will do a good job of socially distancing people and ensuring that masks are worn? Yes, because they do a good job of doing everything they want to do at their parks. Uh, do I... You know, but, the, you know, and you'll be outdoors most of the time. But then, you know, my worry then is like if you're in the queue, what if you're like, are they going to like fill sp- like Space Mountain? Is it going to be like uh, one? Uh, they're going to put a space between you and the next person on the ride. Like, are they going to half fill the rides, too? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because you're right on top of each other. Right. Like the fucking the bobsled, the, the Matterhorn bobsleds. You're, you're literally like someone's in your lap like so it's it's, to me it just seems like there's a lot of risks that are not just with you know walking about the park you want to go and walk around the park sure go for it you want to stay on like the merry-go-round and the and dumbo and the teacups yeah open air no problem but like you know that's a good point there are those indoor rides they're all indoors except for like five of them yeah uh, but something like something like Peter Pan or or a Pinocchio or Buzz Lightyear probably fine because it's just you and your person in that little buggy or whatever. Or the yeah, boat. but what about the whole like? But what about does Pirates stay- of the Caribbean? Okay, and also what about the whole like it could stay in the air? Uh, well, I think they're they're. I wonder what they're doing about HEPA filters and stuff mm-hmm. there. Yeah, good point. Uh, because they have crazy air conditioning systems anyway. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is like, what are they going to do? Like, procedural-wise, like, is there going to be someone at the Haunted Mansion standing there wiping down every fucking buggy that comes up? And if so, are they going to put an empty buggy through the through the ride and then wipe it down? Like... I don't know what their procedures are going to be. It's going to be interesting. They're doing cast previews pretty soon in Disney World, like next week, I think. And then there's annual pass previews. We have to sign up for the slots, and those went in like 30 minutes. So 
they'll sort of they're gonna they're trying to work the system out of course they're doing it you know with the uh employees and the right annual pass holders right. <laughs> before they let the general public get in there uh so wait and see here's my advice fellow disney fans it'll be there next year don't worry about it yeah yeah all right well that brings us to the end of the show oh here we are yep once again it's time to thank uh the people who first of all thank you for listening second of all thank you mostly to our patrons who support the show uh and get extra podcasts every month they get up to two bonus episodes uh and they are random and about many different things up to and including disney uh and if you're at five dollar level or above we thank you every month on the podcast so here are some of our patrons head to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure to join them Thanks to the following. Diane M. Martin. Caroline Land. Greg Watchorn. Jennifer H.S. Melody Baltazar. Angie James. Tyler Rosewood. Chris Dybel. Karen Thakershi. Abba N. Alan L. Alec Meredith and Fletcher Babel. Allison Dean. Amanda Lady. Amy. Andy Pavlik. One, two, three, four anonymous and uh, an anon. April Cherry. Thank Ariana you. Ariana Perry. Ashley Cecil Lee. Thank Aurora you. and Zelda. Becca Foster. Ben, a PhD. <laughs> Brett Jarrett. Britt S. Baker. Brittany Bonanza. Bruno Macias. Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Kathy Hill. Shinami Worth. Christina Smith. Cynthia Meisner. And Darren Deshong. Debbie Meredith, a.k.a. Lex Conan's mom. <laughs> Debbie, tell Lex to call us. Debbie, you want to update us on Lex? Please do. Yep. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week and uh, let you know how standing, airing out my balls and icing them is going. Yep. So long. Godspeed. (laughs) Bye.